0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around.
2: hoops stats fans welcome to another episode of her hoops Stats unplugged as always you're here with megan gower and super excited today because we're just one day away from the WNBA season so after four long months of no live basketball on tv super excited to see things starting to happen in the wobble on tv starting at noon eastern time this saturday um also super excited about our guests that are gonna join us today. I'll introduce them in just a second, but quick plug to make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Wherever you're listening to, like, rate, subscribe, because with our announcement that's coming shortly, you're certainly gonna wanna be make sure you're subscribed so you get it on your podcast fee. But without further ado, I'm here today with Christy Winter Scott and Gabe Ibrahim, the new newest additions to our Her Hoops as team. Hi Christy, hi Gabe, welcome aboard. Wow! Ooh. Super exciting. supposed <laughs> to so, be here. So excited to have you both on, and obviously to have you as part of our her Hoop Stats team as well. Um, do I, do we want to start it off with the big announcement? I feel like that's the best place to start. I'll let you guys do it because it's your thing, so you should be the ones to announce it. But Gabe, <laughs> do you want to do the honors?
3: Yeah, I mean we we have it. We have a new podcast, although it is kind of not like a new because it's going to be on the same feed as the Her Hoop Stats feed. You're hearing it right now probably uh, on on the same feed with John Little, the Unplugged Podcast, which I'm a big fan of both. And you're now going to be hearing courtside with Christy and Gabe, uh, hopefully weekly as we go through the WNBA season. Um, us two just talking about basketball. Obviously, Christy is. A, a great basketball player. I am not a great basketball player, but I really love the sport. So I think we're going to have a good time.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be awesome. And, you know, we have a lot to talk about, especially um, with the Washington mystics and all things WNBA, but it's going to be more than that. It's uh, a courtside concept is um, basically Gabe and I sitting courtside uh, and chatting about what we're watching and whether that be things going on in DC. Um, you know that's what it that's what it'll be so we're excited hopefully so. we'll have
3: some guests some nice guests yes. to, to to mix in to mix in just a little, a little spatter
2: <laughs> awesome i mean i know i'm super excited to listen to it i'm sure our listeners on this one and on john's podcast are super excited to listen to you guys excited to have you guys on the feed on the team um, so yeah i think Am I giving anything away if I say it's probably going to come out next Tuesday? Will be the first episode? Is that the plan still? Yes, tentatively. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, tentatively, <laughs> we're not going to commit to that because it's 2020 and nothing goes as planned. But <laughs> <laughs> tentatively, yeah. next Tuesday, first episode, hitting your hoops dead feed. So, be on mm-hmm. the lookout for that. <laughs>
3: Yes. No. Don't want to plan anything too hard in
2: in this <laughs> world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally get that. <laughs> it Feels better to just not commit to anything right now. It's the easier way to go. <laughs> yes. yes. But yeah. Anything else you guys want to say about the podcast? Um. um uh, I just. I just think that it's. It's going
1: to be. Um. A lot of fun just to be able to. Um. With the WNBA season beginning. I think there's going to be so many things to discuss about that. Um. Inside basketball and outside of basketball, um, being in the most powerful city in the, in the world, um, in Washington, D.C., I think there's a lot of things that um, the Mystics are doing off the court that um, will be a lot of fun to, to discuss.
3: Yeah, well, I guess we should also say, in case you guys don't know who we are. Um, who, who we actually are. So I'm, I'm a I'm a WNBA reporter, I guess. I'm not really sure what to call myself, but uh, you've probably seen a lot of my stuff over at Winsider. I'm very active on Twitter. Um, I am a lawyer, I guess is something else I should say. And I love the CBA and reading it and trying to pick out stuff and then you know, finding out what, what is happening in this league from that perspective, although I've kind of thrown it away for them this season. Um, but <laughs> I think I think people really uh, – I think most people should know who Chris Winter Scott is, but I, I think maybe we should introduce ourselves to those who don't.
1: don't no, I think I played a long time ago, so I don't know how <laughs> many people remember that. Um, but yes, I am from Reston, Virginia. I played at South Lakes High School, otherwise known as Grant Hill High School. Um, he is, um, you know, the seven time NBA All Star, gold medalist, um, entrepreneur, amazing person. Uh, but, you know, we grew up together basically and I'm super proud of him. But went on and played at Maryland and then played overseas professionally for three years, um, coached in college for 10 years, and now I'm back at my alma mater. As the head coach at South Lakes, which I never saw coming um, when I was a student athlete there, but um, I actually coached my daughter this past season. She's 16, so it's like total full circle in the basketball realm. And we also have two boys. Um, our oldest is 18; he just um, graduated at South Lakes. And we have a 13-year-old um, who's uh, next in line to go through at South Lakes. So, um, with that being said, um, with all of that in the mix, I've been broadcasting with um, BTN. Um, ESPN and I've done work with the Mystics and the Wizards in the NBA and WNBA and I've called both men's and women's college games so it's been um, a journey to say the least but um, one that I'm very um, grateful for every day. Awesome.
3: I'm glad I'm glad she had that amazing resume and mine is like I have a Twitter account and I read the CPA <laughs> a couple times like
2: I yeah know. you know i also have- <laughs> it's okay i think my resume looks more similar to Gabe. it's like <laughs> i have a twitter account and i talk about basketball on a podcast but i just have a normal day job <laughs> yeah let's so, yeah.
3: let's talk some basketball i
2: just want to yes. talk, yeah it's been, so, it's
3: been such a long off season <laughs>
2: Yes. Four months, right? Over four months at this point, but I mean, this is going to come out Friday. So yeah, we'll be one day away from actual live basketball on TV when this gets dropped. So super excited for this weekend. I'm sure you guys are too. Yeah. It's going
1: to be amazing. you know, just uh, my last thing to do with basketball was in March, and it was that Monday I returned home, and I believe Wednesday the world of sports shut down. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, quite an absence for me. I, you know, I told my kids I was like, I think this is the absolute longest I've been um, outside of the gym. Like, um, you know, usually it's every day, every other day, a couple days, but not months and months. <laughs> And months it's so hard, um, but yeah, I'm super excited that the WNBA and the NBA, they're, they're bringing it back safely and so far so good in those bubbles and wubbles
2: in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> yes, definitely. I'm wondering how many times I can say like wobble in articles before people start to get annoyed with me. <laughs>
1: Moji Curry made that up So we're going to give her credit where credit is due She uh, invented the hashtag Wubble, she was like we should call The WNBA bubble the Wubble And you know everyone started retweeting it And now I use it you know when I'm tagging Any news WNBA I'm like Wubble <laughs>
3: Yeah it's, it's, yep. it's like almost official, it's official at this point Like Cheryl yeah. Reeve calls it the Wubble so It's official <laughs> as far it's as, as I'm concerned
1: As official
2: as it gets yeah. If Cheryl said
1: that that's stamped. That's it, right there. <laughs> That's
2: perfect. <laughs>
1: yeah. It should be interesting. A lot of different faces and uh, different places. The Mystics basically have a, a new starting five, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, but they still have Mike Tebow. And, and that's what I told him the other day. I was like, "Well, they still have you over there, you know, <laughs> <laughs> sideline with all the the most wins in in league history." So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's a lot to be said for his wisdom. So, I think it's going to be really um, a lot of fun to see what he comes up with on the Rubik's cube of it all. And and now you just know how how old I am by me saying Rubik's cube. But you know, I digress. <laughs> Fine, but you, you get the concept of what I mean by that.
2: <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> got to figure it out. They'll figure it out. They'll figure
3: it out. Did you guys see that, um, I think Kevin R- Pelton wrote a piece for uh, ESPN, like kind of trying to project out, um, you know, which is – it's it, good for KP KP is an amazing basketball mind um, who can, who can do all this stuff with the stats. And he tried to project out like what defensive and offensive ratings are going to be based off these very complicated things that he put in. And it turned out that the mystics were like the, they're second uh, in the standings of this, like <laughs> sort of net rating advanced stats sort of deal. And I was, I'm was extremely skeptical. I read the article. I'm a little less skeptical of it now, um, but I just don't, do either of you guys see like the Mystics being able to even come close to the, the everything they had last year? The, the three point shooting, um, the, the defensive growth. Uh, I'm just I, I can't see the team getting close to where they were last year.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm far from the mystics expert on this podcast, but (laughs) I would say probably not. I don't know. It's just one, it's such a short season to put together so many new pieces, but it's just so many pieces that they lost. I said last week on Unplugged that um, I didn't know that they would make the playoffs, which is maybe the reverse direction hot take. But So yeah, I don't think they're going to be like second in the league and reproducing all their stats.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I have, I have my hot take on it, and um, I actually did um, foresee them possibly being right up there at, at two, but I didn't go through with the fine-tooth comb all of the mm-hmm. statistical categories and the plus-minus efficiency ratings of all the returning players and the new players that the Mystics have gathered on their roster. However, um, I believe that the confidence from Five returning players that um, Washington uh, will present on their roster and with the addition of Leilani Mitchell and the veteran stewardship of Essence Carson I think it'll be a really good mix I mean you have a lot of players who are chomping at the bit like myisha hines allen she wants to make her presence felt um coach tebow likens her to um draymond green in terms of being an initiator in the offense uh, mm-hmm. grabbing the board and, and getting out on the break and then kicking it up to a one of the aerials you know Ariel powers or Ariel atkins yeah. to uh spot up for a transition three i think pace is going to be a key for washington but i also say you can never um count out a, a mike tebow coach team and mm-hmm. it may seem um you know like there are other teams that may have you know a big three um returning um candace parker you know is back aguma Kay is back um you know you have um chelsea gray i get it phoenix has a big three now skylar Diggins smith there with um diana tarasi and, and britney garner inside and then seattle's healthy this year and i get it and those arguments are, are very clear and i understand but that doesn't mean i have to agree with what (laughs) what what people see on paper see i i look i'm a little bit more of a critical thinker and sometimes you know being a glass half full thinker i i try to categorize that as being a critical thinker I (laughs) i don't know But I, I, I just try to stay optimistic. I try not to, and no pun intended there, wow. Um, but I just think that for Washington, uh, with Emma Mieseman bringing the confidence that she has um, gathered over the last couple of years, uh, especially a playoff Emma last year, and she wants that. I think she wants the responsibility of being mm-hmm. the go-to player. And mm-hmm. I think what remains to be seen are who are the other two. They're going to come along with her to be go-to players if she's double covered. Um, so I, I'm intrigued by it all. But I also think that they are capable of it um, because of their mindset more than any kind of physical play. Um, or, you know, I think the X and O's are going to be in place because of Mike Tebow. I think the mental piece is going to be in place because they have confidence coming in from last year. And I think also they have this, um, this confidence from the, the veterans and Leilani yeah. Mitchell Joe, but she can also knock down the three you know, and a lot like Christy Topper in that role. So I think you're going to see, you're going to see a surprise, I think, from from the Mystics. I don't think you should uh, count them out um, just yet, you know, check with me midway through and and, (laughs) and see what it looks like. But right now, I just, you know, everyone has a, you know, a, a different viewpoint. And I think, Mine may be a little over the top, but that's just kind of how I roll. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: No, it, it's a really good argument. I mean, look, you, you, like you said, Mike Tebow's a coach. Emma Simmons on this team. Uh, and and Air, the Ariels are on this team. So there, I think I'm just – have I have a lukewarm take. You know, we have two hot takes. A hot, right. Basically a hot and a cold take. I'm, I'm a lukewarm <laughs> take. I think they're going to be kind of middle of the pack. And, and it's not because they I – I think they have the talent to um, – maybe not necessarily compete for a title on paper right now, um, but they definitely have the, ta- uh, the talent to compete um, for a high playoff seed and and to um, grow as a team. I think Ariel Atkins, like to me, she is going to be one of the best players in this league. Yeah. Come maybe this year, right? Like she she's so good defensively already, and the offense has just been coming along and coming along. And and you saw last year what you could do basically is – you're super three and D I think her being pushed into the star role this year is actually really beneficial for the mystics organization. Um, Absolutely. and I, I also see, um, just, you know, like you said, Emma, Emma's going to take this role. She, I think she said in a press conference, like she sees life as an adventure. So like, she's just going to have, she going have fun. And I think, uh,
2: aerial
3: yeah. yeah. power is just, you know she's gonna be kind of the she was the motor of this team to a certain extent last year especially when Christy Tolliver went down uh, a- AP really like dragged this team energy wise and I think she'll um do the same thing and I think again this is a great opportunity for the Mystics organization to feed AP the ball get the ball at Ariel Atkins get the ball at Emma Miesemite get the ball at Isha Hines Allen so I think from an organizational perspective this isn't like as big of a disaster as it could be because they do have a lot of young talent that should be here for a while. They don't have their first round pick, which is a problem because they may have a really good pick if things go sideways. Um, But the, I just, I just see them being middle of the road. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they got to the second round. I think they'll, I would be surprised if they missed the playoffs and I would be surprised if they got to the finals again, but Hey, like we said at the beginning of this podcast, there's no planning this season. Like anything can happen, <laughs> and and they have they have Coach T, they have Emma, and they have the Ariel. So I, I think with that core group is really strong. And I, I know we should talk about other teams, but I did want to ask either of you. Like, um, I was having this debate on 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 a uh, on a Slack channel. Um, do you guys think that if if the roster was full and what we expected to happen after free agency, um, would Leilani Mitchell be kind of like you know a perfect replacement for Christy Tolliver like do you I think at that point if the roster was complete I think Leilani doesn't doesn't take too much off the table from what Christy did so I just wanted to get your thoughts as to her as a replacement in that like perfect world scenario
2: yeah I think I mean she'd be a good replacement I don't know if she could completely replace this Christy but it's close to it, but I think a big part of that is, right, the pieces she would have around her in that situation where it becomes a different situation when now all of a sudden you don't have kind of those all-star players all around you. It makes It a little her job more difficult trying to fill in that role.
1: Yeah, and I agree with that as well. I think um, Mike Thiebaud today after practice on the, um, on the post-practice Zoom call, he said that, you know, Leilani was looking at coming here even if Christy didn't go to L.A. <laughs> And he was thinking that um, they would play together or take turns in terms of their minutes on the floor. Um, So I think with that being said, I mean, Leilani's a little smaller than Mm -hmm. Christy Tolliver. So if you're looking at both sides of the floor, I mean, offensively, I think they bring a lot of the same things to the table, the ability to to knock in threes, but also the ability to break down defenses and attack that elbow and, and kick out to other shooters and create plays. But also, on the defensive end, you have to look at that. I think that's the only kind of strike against Leilani is her size, um, if you're comparing um, Tolliver and and Mitchell. But I think that, um, you know, she's she's spunky. She's got a lot of energy, and, you know, she's a great leader. And she's been in D.C. before. This is her second time here mm-hmm. with the Miss. And, you know, she said at uh, Media Day on Sunday, she said, you know, um, someone asked what what made her – comfortable with coming back to DC. And she said, you know, I was trying to get back here several other times, but you know, contractually and the way things worked out, it just didn't happen. But now, you know, that it could happen this year, you know, she was so excited about coming back and playing for coach Tebow. She was like his philosophy and just the way he sets the table for the players and holds everyone accountable. I think she really and truly appreciates that. And I think You know, Tina Charles um, basically said the same thing um, in articles, not on on the media call or anything, but um, in articles um, after she signed to play here in D.C. I mean, they have a a great rapport from... Uh, Mike Tebow having coached her in Connecticut and she was an MVP in 2012 under Mike Tebow's tutelage. So there's a, a ton of respect uh, again for, for Mike Tebow as the head coach and general manager who gets to pick the chess pieces out of the box and, and do his mm-hmm. best with what he has coming out of there.
3: We have some inclement weather coming in yeah. <laughs> just in case, uh, in, in case that comes out on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, it's all good. I think I think Megan went through her storm before we did, and uh, me and um, Christy are now gonna, now going to go through a storm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, me- Megan, what else? What else do we want to uh, get into here? I mean, we should we should not just talk about the Mystics. I, we yes. both, me and Christy, love the Mystics, but we should we have we need someone to bring us back to the rest of the league.
2: Yes. Before you said that, I was going to make a really horrible joke about you saying storm. So we should talk about the storm.
3: <laughs> ah, no, that's good. <laughs>
2: but yeah I mean I think Seattle's a team a lot of people are talking about right as kind of the favorite to win it all Mm -hmm. they're healthy they look a lot maybe even better than that 2018 team that won it all just from the players that stepped up last year when Bird and um, Stewie were out so I think they're going to be kind of a really interesting team to watch.
3: I'm, I'm with you I think Seattle to me is the best team on paper this year they have depth you know, top to bottom, I think something they said in all their uh, Zoom calls so far is we got starters on the bench, and they they will have starters on the bench. Uh, they have they have players here, um, every single one of them, other than Ezi and. Yeah, I mean Ezzie and Epiphany Prince are all, the only two players who um, don't have finals experience in the last two years. So that's pretty. That's a pretty good deal because Morgan Tuck's the only the only new player. So. That that's that's not that's a pretty good deal when you have um, so many players with championship experience who knows what it takes to get there and like you mentioned those players that stepped up last year uh, you know Sammy Whitcomb I think Jordan Canada is going to be an All Star in this league at some point and she really showed that last year Natasha Howard almost won MVP last year yeah. um, and it's just like the, there's so much talent on this team that it, it's hard to see what stops the storm here what stops there other than you know, an injury or something else getting in the way of players playing. If everyone is you know as healthy as you can be during a WNBA season, I don't see who gets in their way on their way to a championship. Um, I the only thing I'm concerned about is just like, you know, maybe maybe some players not getting as many touches as they did last year, maybe some players not getting as many minutes, but I don't know. I don't see that being a problem on this team that's already won a championship essentially
1: together. Yeah, I just think um, for Seattle, like you said, gave on paper. I mean, they have the experience. I mean, Natasha Howard, I mean, she was a problem last year, mm-hmm. but she just didn't have the help around her because of, of Bird and Stewie being out with injuries. But I think with um, without having uh, Dan Hughes there, I think that's going to be motivational as well. Um, you know, he, he couldn't make the trip, unfortunately, because of um, his battle with cancer and, and the susceptibility um, for him with COVID and everything, but I think that uh, Stewie is hungry and all the clips that I've seen of her and all the comments that she's made, I mean, she is ready to go. I mean, that was just so unfortunate in terms of the timing of her injury last year right before she was coming home, I believe it was in the championship game overseas, and it was just crazy. Um, It was really sad, but I know um, that she has put in the work and I know that she's ready to play and Sue Bird said, you know, if we didn't play this season, I don't know if I would have played. Like, I don't know after this, if I would be able to play it. So um, she's hungry because she knows she's kind of narrowing down um, in her career in terms of years played. And, you know, when you combine those two things, that, that gets to be scary. And Natasha Howard is probably just pleased that both of those guys are back. <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, she, can continue, she can continue to do her thing, but now she has – She has her guns on on either side of her hip, and she's ready to play with them. And, um, yeah, it could be pretty scary (laughs) in terms of them uh, doing really well to start off because of the great chemistry they already have.
2: Yeah, I think that's going to be a big thing, kind of storyline going into the season. I mean, the Storm have it. I think the Sky kind of have it as well, where you have a lot of consistency. Um, And just because the season is shorter, like, and the training camps are so short as well, just players that are used to playing each other and teams that are kind of used to be on the court and have things down a little bit tighter, I think are just going to do really well off the bat, which with a 22-game regular season, uh, kind of messing up a couple games at the beginning can really hurt in the playoff seeding. Exactly, exactly.
1: And I think with with Connecticut, if we can um, shift over there, um, without having Johncwell Jones this year, I mean, they have Dwana Bonner, which, you know, I was just thinking, wow, with Bonner and JJ and everybody else back, like, geez. uh, But how do you guys think that's going to look for Connecticut without JJ inside and outside? Yeah. Yeah.
3: I'm I'm excited for it, but I'm also so obviously I, like you, like Megan was alluding to, like ha, and and you said too, like they have the teams that have chemistry who have experience together are probably at an advantage in this situation. They know how to play with each other. They they haven't had as much time in training camp as you normally have. They haven't had as much time to even like look at film on each other and any or any of that. Um, so I think you know that's the challenge that Connecticut is going to face. They don't have uh, consistency in their group, and I think the second challenge that they have is is John Cole. Well, the biggest challenge they have is that John Cole Jones not playing. The yeah. MVP candidate is right. not playing. But um, right. you know, I I, I really like uh, Bree Jones. I, I mean, she is going to be um, she's going to be tasked a lot, um, and I think she has to step up in terms of rim protection. But if you watched her um, in Europe in Europe this off season, she was. It's great and she was scoring at will. and obviously it's a very different game over there with her her physicality will help her there but it, it is encouraging to see that she can score she can get two feet in the paint she can kind of be that inside presence that they're going to be missing on the offensive end my concern really is on defense um because you have yes you have really a four four players who are impeccable in defense and thomas uh brian january DeWan bonner and Alyssa thomas however all those players are really um trying they, they they really like to pressure the ball. They like to push out on the ball and they're not going to have that sort of safety blanket in John Cole Jones cleaning up on the glass. Right. So Bree Jones, I, I talked to her in a in a Zoom conference I think yesterday and she was like, this is going to be by committee. You know, we all have to be on the string tighter. We all have to be communicating a lot better because we don't have that safety blanket in John Cole. So that's my concern. I, I think to me they're a top three team. Um, but again Anything can happen, and it's really going to depend on who can step up. Not just Bree Jones. All of the all of the other players in this team need to step up and start doing more.
1: Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, they have uh, Jazz Thomas. I mean, she was phenomenal last year for them. Uh, you know, I, but I just think with the wrinkle of adding a player like Dewana Bonner, I think that's so intriguing um, to see how she is incorporated in their system there. Uh, yeah, obviously a little bit of a different system that um, that she played in Phoenix, you know, um, especially with having Griner inside. So I just think with um, with who Connecticut has, I think it's really going to be um, fun to watch and see how they uh, evolve.
2: Yeah, I would agree with that as well. Um, I mean, I think even without Jungle Jones, their front court's still going to be good. It's not going to be as, I mean, I think if you had a front court of the Wanna Alyssa like Thomas and John Cole Jones, uh, the rest of the league would have, oh, yeah, <laughs> a lot of trouble with that. Um, I do think, even though they kind of will benefit from the fact that I think they're not the only team with the star center out, right? You have Tina Charles is out. Um, right. Cambridge is out. So there's a little bit more, you know, wiggle room there just in that you're not facing kind of an all star center night in and night out right. in the league this year. So that will kind of help them out a little bit. I do mm-hmm. think, yeah, they're definitely a playoff team. I feel like they're another one that's kind of like, Could fall towards the top, somewhere in the middle of the pack. It'll kind of see how quickly things come together. But um, I think they're still going to be good. Not as good as they – they were probably title contenders before, but no, they still think they're going to be good.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. It's going to be fun just to see um, the new pieces. And I think, you know, with that being said, I think Skylar Diggins-Smith at Phoenix, I mean, I'm really uh, anxious to see that too, you know, and what that uh, looks like for them. Um, with uh, Diana Tarazi also, you know, kind of considering the same thing as Sue Bird in terms of how many more seasons am I going to go, you know? So um, the hunger of that kind of mindset uh, is contagious for everyone else around her because everybody else around DT, they're going to want to do it uh, for her, you know, and same thing in Seattle could be said, you know, they want to do it for Sue. So, um, I just think at Phoenix, I, I think um, scholar Diggins Smith has a lot to prove, I, I think. Um, and when I say she has a lot to prove, I mean, she wants to prove something, not that she has to prove anything to me, I'm convinced, but I'm just thinking <laughs> that, that, that she's hungry, like she made this move to Phoenix and, you know, she's hungry and she wants to um, prove that she is who she is. And, and she wants to make a, a statement that way. And I think this is a perfect change of scenery for her. And I'm excited for her. I'm, I'm thrilled for her. And I know that it's going to be um, quite a statement that she makes this year, I, I believe. She's going to yeah. step out and be like, really, really good for Phoenix.
3: Skylar doesn't have anything to prove, but she thinks she has something to prove, which exactly. is what great <laughs> players do. It's what great players do. Is. That's um, exactly it. it. I'm sure Diana Taurasi has convinced herself that she has something to prove as well, despite being <laughs> oh, the WNBA. Yeah, that's, that's what great players do, and that's that right. attitude yeah. of that team. I think, including Brittany Griner, I think Bria Hartley uh, has a chip on her shoulder because a lot of people, including me, were begrudging her max contract in the offseason. She's going to go out there and prove it, and she's going to have the opportunity to. So I, I'm I'm with you. I think Phoenix has an excellent opportunity. I'm very concerned about their defense. Um, Brittany yeah. Griner is going to have to get back to being absolutely the best defensive player in the league. Not not debatable. If they're going to win a championship, Brittany Griner has to be absolutely, by leaps and bounds, the best defensive player in the league. Um, so, you know, I think, to me, have we got have we hit all favorites besides Chicago? Well, I guess we have Chicago and Chicago. and Vegas here. Uh, yeah, do Vegas. You, yeah. Do either of you guys have strong feelings on those?
2: I'm, I'm, I feel like Vegas is another one. I'm just interested to see how it all works out. A lot of new pieces, some missing pieces. Um, yeah, it's another one that's just a lot of question marks right now. So we'll see how it all <laughs> goes together. Yeah,
1: it just, uh, I, I think um, what intrigues me about Vegas is just Angel McCautry, you know, another new piece that's there um, who has experience. And, you know, she's a gold medalist. And I think, um, you know, with missing because of her injury uh, with her um, ACL, and missing all of last year. And I think there were, you know, some, there was a possibility of her returning at a couple of um, points last season, but it just it never happened for her. So another player who um, with a change of scenery and, you know, a chip on the shoulder, I think that's going to be fun to watch. Um, I'm old, but without Camp Beige inside, I mean, they're a totally different team um, in terms of, how you scout them, um, what you do um, against them. And, and now Bill Lamber, you know, he can be a little more creative offensively, um, especially with Angel McCautry on the floor and maybe have the ball in her hand a little bit more and allow her to create some offense and, and set up Asia inside and, um, you know, see what that looks like. But I, I'm kind of excited to see how, how uh, Bill Lambeer kind of molds and, and structures the offense on for his team.
3: Yeah, Chrissy, no, I'm with you. I'm really excited to see what Bill Lambert does with this team. I I think um, my big concern right now is that Asia Wilson was in a boot. Uh, I'm not sure if she's still in a boot. I'm not sure if she's going to be ready to start the season. Uh, And we only have 22 games this year, so any time that's missed is absolutely crucial. And Asia, to me, uh, I have not, like – I mean, I've put this out there on Twitter a couple times – But if she plays the whole season, I think she's going to be MVP. I think she's going to get the ball that much. Her use is going to shoot back up to um, where it was in her first year, and she's just become such a much better player. So without Liz Cambage – without Liz Cambage – without Liz Cambage there for Vegas, I think Asia would take a huge step up. But if she's injured, that's a huge, huge problem. Um, But, you know, Angel, I I think after seeing – some of her, uh, you know, scrimmage highlights and there's, you can't take too much away from that, but she does look like she is completely healed. She's ready to go. She's at least going to be um, somewhat of the player that we thought she she could be um, for them. And, you know, I just, I see them being still a good team, but I'm with you, Megan, like I'm not as excited for them as I am interested to see how all of this works. Cause I mean, uh, I'm not sure they really have anyone to shoot a three-point shot, <laughs> um, and and I don't think I don't think Bill Lambier cares about that. Um, but he, you know, it's a challenge they're gonna have to face in spacing, and and they can space the mid-range really well. But how does that does it going translate this year? It's gonna be it's gonna be very very uh, interesting there in Vegas. Um, you know, I don't we don't, I don't. think we have to go through everyone, but shouts to Chicago for keeping everyone together. Like, that's awesome. We don't have to really think. Yeah. Of, like, we we kind of saw what they are going to be last year. It's not as interesting as that. Like, we, we know what they, what they have going on. Um, oh, we shouldn't mention Minnesota, because if not Cheryl Reeves, whenever I do another podcast, Cheryl Reeves is going to get mad at me. So, I like Minnesota. I like Minnesota, just for the record. They have a, I believe in Fee. I believe in Sill. Um, but it, it'll be – i'm not sure how much of a step forward they can take same thing for the fever um just don't know how how high up they can they can go um i did want to ask you guys too like the bottom three teams last year dallas atlanta new york which one of those three teams do you think is most likely to make the leap into the playoffs
2: I mean, none of them. But if I have to pick, I'd probably go Dallas. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. I mean, I, I I think with um the way Sabrina Inescu uh, makes everybody around her better, I would give them the edge of those three teams. And I know that she's been waiting to play and make her WNBA debut as well. And She's another one who's cut from the same cloth as Diana Taurasi in terms of mental toughness. Um, You know, the score may not be indicative of um, her efforts at all times, but sometimes it will be. And I think she's going to be um, the X factor for New York. And, you know, she can come in and make a seamless transition uh, to the league. I mean, she had great numbers when, um, the USA basketball team played Oregon and had like a double-double, almost a triple-double against the best in the world. So this is a kid who can come in and she doesn't care who you are and she's just gonna show you what she's got. And she is, I think, gonna be um, the difference maker in the league, I think, uh, for those three teams. I think those three teams, she makes, she changes the balance for me, you know, for, for those three teams.
3: They're going to be – New York's going to be fun. I'm not sure they're going to be good, but they're definitely going to be fun. Like, they're going to get up and down the floor. They're going to shoot a ton of threes. They're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, I do believe in, in this in what Walt Hopkins and Jonathan Cobb are building up there. I think they're going to have a good culture at some point that will translate into wins. I'm, I'm with you, Megan. I don't think any of these three teams are going to make the playoffs. But Atlanta does have really nice talent. I really like Elizabeth Williams. I really like Gloria uh, Johnson. I, Courtney Williams, we, I saw a tweet today saying that she was going to play. Um, I'm going to take that and run with it. I'm going to say she's going to play. I, I, <laughs> I hope it. she does. I hope she does. I hope she listens to both right, of you right. guys. Both of you guys saying the two other teams are going to be better than her because uh, she'll take she, that to the bank. She
1: likes uh, that.
3: She likes that. <laughs> she, she loves that. I, I think Shakina yeah. Strickland, like the, this is a team, you know, full of players who are, are really can fit together uh, fit into roles around each other really well. And I think they all have something to prove um, yeah. in, in real terms, not like, you know, not like they're having to convince themselves, like they have real stuff to prove. And they, they, a lot, a lot of their players are in contract years. So I'm excited to see um, them. And I think of those three teams, if I had to pick one to make it to uh, the playoffs, it'd probably be um, Atlanta Um, But that is predicated on Courtney Williams being there. Right. So that's a big big (laughs) if. That's a big if. if.
1: Yeah, she's there. No question, Yeah. yeah. I can see that.
2: All right. Yeah, so to wrap it up, let's just talk about quickly, we've got six games this weekend, all 12 teams in action this weekend. So what games are you guys most excited to watch? You
1: know, First of all, all of them. Um, and I know that's not the proper answer. Um, but for me, I just think uh, I'm just so intrigued to see what, what Washington looks like um, against Indiana. Marianne Stanley is the, the new head coach with Indiana. And she was on the bench with um, Mike Tibo for the last several seasons. So I think that's intriguing as well um, because they both know each other. So I think uh, just the whole um, back and forth chess match of that I think it's going to be a fun watch but I think uh, all of the teams I mean all of the games on Saturday i um, starting at noon I think um, are going to just be so much fun to watch uh, just to see these fierce competitors uh, play against each other and just have the opportunity to compete I, I don't know I, I just say all of them but I, I'm really truly intrigued about um, seeing the, the basketball minds of Mike Thibault and and Marianne Stanley go against each other um, at five
3: o'clock. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you. I mean, obviously, well, we should mention that Christy is calling that game on CBS Sports. My most exciting
1: one because I'm excited about that, too.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's exciting when to be a part of it. Um, yeah. so it's so uh, you guys should watch it because she'll, she'll be calling it, and you should watch <laughs> it because it's the only game on, and there, we haven't had basketball in so long, so just there watch you go. <laughs> um, but the, I, I, you know, there, there's a few here that I'm really excited about. I'm going to go with the chalk answer of Seattle, New York, Sabrina against Sue Bird, Stewie's yep. return. I, I'm really, and we talked about this earlier. I'm really interested to see how Seattle, you know, kind of comes back into the fold after so many of their players took a step up last year, who's going to have to take a step back. Who's going to, you know, is there going to be some stepping on the toes? Is there going to be people getting each other's way? I'm really interested to see that. Yeah. I'm obviously extremely fascinated by Sabrina Nesky, but I'm also just interested in seeing what the young guns in New York can do together. Like how far along are they? How close are they to meshing into a real team? Because you can do all this stuff in practice. You can, you can be best friends and it can still not work out on the court. Um, and right. I think, you know, they're, they're just as interested. They, they probably don't know what they have just as much as we don't know what they have uh, right now. So it could be great for New York. We I may mean, see that in the first game. And they're definitely, you know, young, rookies, they don't know any better. They don't know That's any right. better. So That's they're going right. to be going full speed, full tilt at at Seattle. I'm really, really excited for that one. I also want to shout out that Sun Lynx game. Um, obviously, we talked a lot about the Sun. The Lynx, we did not talk a lot about the Lynx, but it's two really, it's two teams that are built on defense. Um, and, and one of the things I'm going to be very interested in in this first week of the season is who has their defense in check, who's yeah. on the string, who's communicating, who's together on defense. Because I think that's going to determine a lot of the early season success. And I think you're going to be able to see that in both the Sun and the Lynx. And if both those teams are going on defense early, you know, they have a shot to get ahead of everyone else in the playoff chase yep I picked two
2: (laughs) it's allowed (laughs) yeah then I think I'm going with that 3 p.m. Saturday game the or 3 p.m. Eastern I should say the Phoenix versus LA you've got Phoenix's Mm -hmm. new big three a big three in LA like a lot of really fun matchups there a lot of uh, big name bets. it's going to be exciting to kind of see how those teams um, kind of face up and also two teams that I think we both expect or all expect will be playoff teams, some near the top of the standings. So it'll be exciting to get kind of one of those blockbuster blockbuster matchups right off the bat on Saturday. Mm. Absolutely. Oh,
1: Absolutely. It's going to be
3: so much fun. I'm Can
1: we just skip over Friday and go right. straight to Saturday? <laughs> yeah. That's how I feel about it. So, yep. yeah, it's awesome. Awesome stuff.
2: Awesome. Well, thank you both for joining me. Super excited for your new podcast. So, uh, we'll be hearing that soon and obviously super excited for this weekend. So, I hope you both enjoy all the games.
1: Absolutely. Right. Thank you so much, Megan. Thank
3: yeah, you. thanks, Megan. We'll be right up, we'll be right up after you on the feed now. <laughs> yes. We'll be right yes. next to
2: you in theory, right? <laughs> yeah, right next to me on the hoops sets feed. So, keep an eye out for that. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs>
1: all right. Appreciate all right. you guys.